Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Well, a horse that created such a big impression, as we know, on debut at Bathurst a couple of weeks ago was Petrarca uh, by Captain Treacherous, of course. And as Chris mentioned and I earlier this week, he was beaten but far from disgraced off an awkward draw last week. Again, but lo and behold, I don't miss some of these horses. He's in Victoria, and I think he's going around in the Shake and Maker Classic at Melton on Saturday night. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. He backs up this weekend. He's got to start a very short price favourite in that Shake and Maker Classic, Steve. And it's somewhat surprising that he is on a quick backup because normally Emmer and Clayton don't overly tax their horses, in particular their young horses. But uh, he's obviously taken no harm from that run. He's obviously taken no harm from the trip back to his home base at Ballarat there. So he's going to start a short price favourite. Uh, there's not a great deal of opposition for him. So it looks like it's going to be a, uh, uh, a pretty much a procession for him there on the weekend, Petrarca. So good to see him back at the races and uh, let's hope he's back in the winner's circle. Mm. Chris, you may have touched on it when I was away last week, but Spirit of St. Louis or Lewis, understand he's resting and he's being headed towards, targeted towards the Queensland Carnival. Yeah, that's right, Steve. Uh, it, it could be a, a fairly sizable team that the McCarthy's bring north. And at this stage, and I'll touch on this a little bit later with Brittany, this is just my opinion, but we're just lacking that real big-name horse for our carnival at this point. But as it stands right now, the horse in question that you've just spoken about, Spirit of St. Louis, he's probably the number one seed right now going into these features, uh, these upcoming features. He'll come up and target races like the Sunshine Sprint and the Blacks are fake. So... He's probably the the number one seed, but we we you know we're we're fresh off the news that King of Swing's been retired. Ladies in red, there's no real interest in, in bringing her north. Uh, much the same with Catch a Wave, the very exciting three year old for Andy Gaff. And as we touched on earlier this week, Akuda he's not headed over as well. So we're just lacking that killer punch. I I feel that's just my opinion. I'll be interested to get the thoughts on Brittany Graham, but uh, she might see it differently. But uh, there's a lot of horses headed our way, don't get me wrong there, but there's just, you know, we're just lacking that real big-name boom horse. So, you know, there's still plenty of time between now and July, but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I want to ask you with King of Swing, have they set his service fee in stone at this stage? No, they haven't, Steve. They've called on expressions of interest. So, you know, those with mares, they can, you know, uh, make contact with uh, Luke and Belinda McCarthy and uh, they'll go through it. But as far as the service fee is concerned, nothing has been confirmed. Okay. I saw Leader Peter in action at Redcliffe last night, driving heaps of winners. Was it a treble? He's with us now. Well, he's timed it well, Steve, because he's been on a bit of a stretch at the moment. Uh, He's had uh, two weeks to... You know, just uh, recharge the batteries. It was his first night back driving last night, and it sort of coincides with the fact that Albion Park is back in action tomorrow. So he has timed it well, and I'm keen to get his thoughts on the track. And he joins us now. Pete, good morning. Morning, Chris. Uh, you were at that first trial session last week, and you drove on the track. Uh, I'm not sure if you drove yesterday, so you can set me straight there. But what were your thoughts on the track? I um, was at the, you know, the unofficial workout there, and uh, the track was good. Um, it was still sort of starting to set, I suppose. The um, circles were still a little bit loose and still sort of starting to bind together. But, um, 
more reports than yesterday, it was, it was much better. But um, even last week, we still there were some pretty sharp sort of halves and, and quarters there last week as well. So all this rain that we took in uh, earlier in the week, would, would have that been a hindrance or a help, in your opinion? I think it would have definitely helped. Um, obviously, they had a fresh fresh surface on the track, and um, usually when they have a fresh surface, it sort of needs a bit of water to sort of help it set and help it bind, and um, I think that's what, what it's done. Okay, well, that was the feedback that, that I got after that first uh, workout session last week. It just needs a lot of water. So with that rain, it probably would have been a, a godsend in many ways. So you're confident that the track will play fairly? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, and realistically, throughout the flood, obviously, the track, it, it copped, you know, a lot of water. But, um, you know, it's probably no different to sort of when it gets a, a normal sort of, you know, remake and... and new surface on it so you know i'm sort of thinking that the track itself hopefully will be just like it's had a new surface which sort of happens you know yearly or or hopefully or more often it should be happening more often than not but um yeah it should be just sort of back to how it how it should be will there be much coming back kickback wise peter i think it'll be back to um just the usual um probably going to depend on how many meetings they have at elvin park um you know, sometimes it can get a little bit loose if they race there too often, but Redcliffe has been um, they've done a super job there throughout this period where they've been racing quite a lot and they've done a really good job there. It's, it, it was excellent last night. Um, so, job well done everywhere there. Just, just on, and this may be a, a completely random question, idiotic you may even think, but is there a difference between, with Albion Park, and you can probably answer it for Redcliffe as well, but is there a, a real difference between driving in the daytime conditions compared to the night? Not particularly. Um, you know, I think sometimes it depends on the temperature as far as during summer, obviously the track does dry out a little bit quicker during the days, the hot days, um, and you can sort of get a bit more sort of uh, rock, rocky sort of material come up. Um, but on a whole, no, not really. Okay. And is there a big difference between the surfaces at Albion Park and Reckler? Because it's meant to be the same. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, it's meant to be the same material. Um, I think it comes from the same quarries and all that. But for some reason, they, they do seem to, it, it seems to be prepared different. And, um, yeah, they are very different to, to sort of race on. Okay. Now, you've got a, a huge book of drives tomorrow. There's 10 races. You've got nine drives, and there's some real quality there. So, as I said, you've timed it nicely, that little uh, stint on the sidelines, just perfectly timed, and uh, you're fresh and ready to go back at Albion Park. Yeah, well, I sort of purposely sort of uh, took my suspension around them sort of dates, sort of expecting to be back at Albion Park this week, and um, it's worked out really good. So, yeah, looking to sort of come back and, and be yeah, very exciting to be back at Albion Park. Well, you're going to be driving some key runners tomorrow. Several are going to be favourite. Uh, would I be right in saying your pick of drives tomorrow at Albion Park could easily come up in race two with Better Than Diamond? She's had two runs back and they've both been super runs. Yeah, I think she's probably probably going to be the best of our drives. Um, you know, obviously last week she um, cut from off the pace and hit the line really good and seems to be sort of really just sort of starting to peak. Um, yeah, she had quite a long way off there early in the year and she's sort of just sort of starting to hit her straps again now. So, um, yeah, 
does a good draw tomorrow. I think she's going to be very hard to beat. Okay, a couple of other horses that I wanted to ask about. Will the Wizard, can he find his way back into the winner's circle? Yeah, a big drop in class for him tomorrow. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a tough gate. Obviously, he made a mistake there at his last start and he got put OD. So um, it makes it pretty hard to come from the outside draw. And there's still some nice horses in that race, even though it is sort of second division. Have we lost him there? You yep, still with us, Pete? Yep, yep, okay, you've got us there. So that's Will the Wizard. What about Big Wheels, who goes around in race number eight tomorrow? He comes up with gate four. This looks a suitable race for him. He was at the workouts last week, so how did he perform at that uh, that session there? Yeah, he. Um, the time was pretty pretty sharp. He, he got beaten that workout. Um, but the horse that beat him does go quite good as well. So um, at last mile was... 54 and change, last half 54 and change, so, um, you know, there was sort of nothing wrong with the time, so everything's sort of heading towards this preparation, and, um, you know, he had a little bit of a freshen up, which I think should benefit him. Um, tomorrow night, he is racing out of class, but in saying that he's a class horse, and uh, I think he'll step up okay. Okay, and the free-for-all tomorrow, race nine, Black's a dance, he lands gate two. Uh, these open class races, they're they're very open, and and normally it's whoever draws best can take advantage. So, will that be the case with Black Sedans? Yeah, um, a little bit of speed to the outside of us there, so it's a little bit tricky. But it'd be nice if we could touch down on the front end. It's been a little while since he's been there, but um, you know he seems good. It's been three weeks between runs, which probably isn't ideal, but we certainly appreciate get back, getting back to Albion Park after that last start at Redcliffe and, um, you know, he finished at the back, but his splits were pretty incredible. Is it fair to say Redcliffe is just not his track? Yeah, he's been there numerous times there now, and um, he really sort of struggled with bows. You know, he's had a lot of bad luck there as well, but, um, yeah, he's never had much luck there at all. Okay. And the last one I wanted to ask about, He's not competing this weekend. Away we go. The Group 1 winning two-year-old. He's had a few runs back now as a three-year-old. Where's he at, in your opinion? He's definitely just not at his best. Um, A few of those runs, he runs really nice horses, and he probably wasn't disappointed in his performances, even though he got beat. Um, His last start at Redcliffe, he was definitely below his best there. Um, But the start probably, his half was quite good, and he raced okay, so it's a little bit tricky to sort of really line him up. He's gone to the paddock for a little bit of freshen up. Hopefully we can sort of change his headspace a little bit and, and just sort of um, get him back to where he, where he is or, or should be, you know, when he won the tryout as a two-year-old. It's a really strong three-year-old crop that we have locally, though, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, luckily for us, they're not all hybrid, but... Um, the three-year-olds getting Queensland this year, you know, obviously we've seen sleep the same, but, you know, there's so many that are just below him, and, and um, yeah, he's a super prop all the way through. Okay, I've got to ask the question. I know you were a huge fan of Colt 31, but in your opinion, is Leap the Fame looking better than Colt 31? Um, yes, I think so, but at the same time, Colt 31 got duration a lot of times. He beat me every time, I think. Um, his acceleration was incredible. I used to just used to give me goosebumps watching him. I'm watching Grant. He only had to 
moved the slightest little bit and he was off and gone. Length of game, he's very close to that. Um, probably not quite as sharp. Maybe he's Colt 31, but he certainly seems to be a great racehorse and, and really hit the line super and, and know how to win. Well, we look forward to these clashes coming up. As I said, it's a really strong three-year-old crop. I will see you in action later today. Really appreciate the time this morning. Thank you. There's Pete McMullen joining us. So uh, he's back in action. Uh, as uh, Steve outlined, a number of winners last night. He's got some pretty handy drives here today at Reckliff as well. And he's got that huge book coming through tomorrow. I want to get the thoughts of Matt Elkins as well, because he was at that first workout session last week. And I want to find out if he was there yesterday, but he's got some key drives there coming through tomorrow, and he joins us online now. Matty, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Did you drive yesterday at that unofficial workout session? No, I gave yesterday a miss because we um, took them all in last week, and they're all sort of ready to go and race them this week. Okay. What were your first thoughts on that track uh, last week? I was pretty happy with it. Um, obviously, it was a little bit loose, but that's always going to be a given with the new surface, and I'd say the rain this week would have helped it and brought it along nice, but overall I was pretty happy with it. And um, they can still run time on a loose track, and it's probably better for them anyway while it's a bit softer. Okay, but reports yesterday, Darren Clayton gave us that the times were just as good as what they were on that first uh, uh, set of uh, workouts that we had. So it looks like it's starting to, to compact nicely. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, it's always better for the horses to take the jar out of them, so it should only help the horses anyway. All right. Well, let's ask about some of these runners that you've got tomorrow. Race three. This is a mare's race, and this is a really strong mare's race as well. You've got the likes of Pelosi, who's drawn barrier one, uh, the Darling, who's in very good form. Your mare's an interesting run, uh, run over, first up from Victoria, but she's got gate seven. So she was at that workout session last week? Yeah, she was. Um, took her in last week to learn a bit more about her. She's probably not the best track worker. Um, but I uh, gained everything I wanted from that trial last week and pretty happy with her. Were you surprised to see the, the, the strength and depth in this field tomorrow? Uh, yes and no. Um, whenever you nominate for a $20,000 race, something always pops up. But um, no, it was a bit of a shock to see Pelosi um, into that race, but and it comes up with a good draw, which obviously hurts. Okay. In time, though, do you think your mare's capable of winning one of these $20,000 mare's races? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, what she showed last week at the workouts um, was good signs for me, and going forward, I think she'll only get better and better. Okay. Are you likely to go back, though, because of the draw tomorrow? Um, yeah, initial plans will be probably to go back, but in saying that, she did get pretty grubby behind the arm the other night and sort of wanted to go forward in that workout. Um, but we just have to sort of get on the gate and work out how she feels and see what we do. Okay. She did lead in that workout last week, didn't she? Yeah, she actually left the um, arm pretty nicely. Um, but at the same time, if Pelosi's able to hold up from one, we probably don't want to be going forward to sit outside her either. Okay. One horse that I'm really interested uh, about your thoughts uh, tomorrow is Juddy Douglas. Uh, he's finally drawn a gate. He looks very well placed here. Yeah, no, he's finally come up with a draw on that Saturday night QA race. Um, hopefully we can make our own luck this week and he'll be right. Okay. Is there anything there off the front row that, that could, you know, cause any issues early? Um, there is a bit of gate speed there. Um, I think there's a chance he's been leaving the gate very well, but 
in saying that, um, I think Juddy's gauge speed got better and better, and I'm pretty confident he'll be able to hold. So the only query would be, if they do take a shot, it might rub us up and we might sort of roll along a bit quicker. Okay. That being said then, the only horse you probably didn't want on your back uh, lands and looks likely to be right on your tail in three in heaven. So you'll be mindful that he's going to be camped right behind you? Yeah, for sure. It's obviously the one to beat. It's going to have the good trip on me back. But at the same time, it's going to have to be pretty good and follow a pretty hot tempo to come off my helmet and beat me. Right. Now, you took him to the uh, the track last week, had that workout, and, and you took down big wheels, and you looked like you did it pretty well, too. Yeah, he did. I mean, he's a horse who just grows legs in front. He's a pretty handy horse, and when he finds the front and the fence, he um, can reel off pretty good sectionals out in front, and he can sort of sustain it for a long period of time. So did he give you everything that you wanted from that workout last week? Uh, was big wheels... Did Pete sort of give you any reference where he was at? Uh, you, you, you know, what are you expecting uh, tomorrow? To, to delete all the way? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm not sure if Big Wheels was trained down. He was probably in there for the workout to probably gain something from that. Um, Johnny Douglas more or less just took him in there for a bit more of a confidence after he'd been at Redcliffe for a couple of weeks and didn't handle the track very well and was back in the field his last start. So, But I was pleased that he stepped out over the longer trip, even though it was a workout. But to run over the 2100 and be strong and reel off the half he did, I was absolutely wrapped. So is there a possibility in time to come he, he could easily run out 2100 in the future rather than just being a flat-out miler? Yeah, I think so. Um, if he finds a front, he actually can back off and can relax. Um, it's more or less when he gets parked or you have to take him back off the arm that he doesn't come back to you. I think he actually choked off last start at Redcliffe when I did take him back at the start. Um, but no, if he does find the front, he can relax, and I sort of can see seeing out of 2100 in the future. Okay, well that's good to know. Race seven tomorrow, feeling for a rainbow. You know this guy really well. He's fresh up here, uh, but uh, you know, at his best, he's more than capable, and he's a very good horse who can run big time. So, what are the expectations with him? Yeah, he's probably another. He's probably sort of missed a bit with the floods and Albion being out of action. Um, he had a trial last night to sort of screw him down a little bit. Um, obviously, he's going to need a few things go his way from the barrier, but I'm sure whatever he does tomorrow, he'll improve on. He's one of those ones that gets better and better with each run into a preparation. So was that the trial that Saucy Dreams won? Yeah, that's it. Okay, they ran good time in that trial. Yeah, it was sort of tricky. I didn't want to chase too hard and knock me around too much, but wanted to give him a decent hit out at the same time. Okay. And the last race tomorrow, you've got uh, Four Stars Forza, who backs up after dead heating on Tuesday. Did you think there was a margin there for him or not? Um, I wasn't actually too sure. thought it was close. And I did think I heard you go the way of Four Stars Forza, so I was pretty confident. And then, um, but yeah, dead heat. Um, it's always close when you drive Four Stars Forza. we just got to find another nostril in him, I think. <laughs> but you'll just have to get the, 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 the win, even if you had to share it. Yeah, we've improved. We've gone up and we've gone down by a head three times, I think. So to get a dead heat was an improvement anyway. You've got Major General Jujon drawn on your inside tomorrow. You couldn't cross him uh, recently at Reckliff. So is that a, uh, a format that we're sort of expecting again tomorrow? Yeah, and then you've also got Lombo Heaven off the front, which may drive forward. Um, if that scenario does plan out, um, sort of maybe aggressive in the middle and kick up for a while. I think he's a horse that 
races best in front or in the chair. So we'll probably be looking to occupy one of those positions. All right. Well, a couple of key drives there tomorrow, but I'm tipping Juddy Douglas is the one you're most looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. Um, just with the barrier draw, and he loves to lead, so he should get his chance to do that tomorrow. All right. Really appreciate the time, and uh, best of luck. Thank you. There's Matty Elkins joining us. So uh, a couple of key runners there, but Juddy Douglas is going to create plenty of interest there because he is a very good short course horse, and he's finally landed himself a barrier there, race five, number one. So... We'll be watching with interest uh, tomorrow with Juddie Douglas. Brittany Graham, I'll be interested to uh, get her thoughts on Albion Park, and she's online now, I'm led to believe. So, Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. Uh, we spoke last week. You were fresh off that uh, track uh, after the workout with your Trotter Majestic carry. So, an extra week, another set of workouts staged there yesterday. Are, are you expecting just normality to return tomorrow? Well, I think we're all hoping for. Um, by the sounds of things, and I guess with that extra week, you would expect that the surface would have consolidated a little bit more. And um, I'm not sure how much rain they had in the Brisbane area over the last few days, but we've had a stack. So um, as long as the rain didn't affect the surface at all, it, in my mind, it probably would have assisted it in hopefully, uh, you know, compacting a little bit more and a bit of water generally doesn't hurt a track when it's freshly down so hopefully that's done its job and uh, I mean I would have been happy to race on the surface last week so I can, I can only imagine that another 10 days will have done it no harm. Okay one thing that I do have to ask you officials made the decision to just push back these trotting finals and you're part of that with your Trotter Majestic Harry so we'll have the the Jim McNeil stage next week plus the uh, I think it's the hour over and over uh, marathon so is that a good call? Were you happy with that? I know there were a few that were a little bit grumpy about it, but that extra week, uh, is that a good call or a bad call? Uh, it probably didn't affect me a great deal, to be honest, Chris. Um, I mean, I think when feature races are run on a fresh track, I'm not sure if that's the ideal situation. Um, we've seen in the past and we know that it was a little bit loose last week. So when good money's on offer, we want to make sure that the track's in pristine condition. And there's been a lot of people, including myself, that have been setting horses to this race for a long time. And we want to make sure that everybody gets a fair chance. So um, I'm comfortable with the decision anyway. Okay. And Harry's ready to go next week? Hopefully so. Hopefully so. He's, um, yeah, he's really well within himself. And, um, yeah, I'm happy with him, so hopefully uh, this long-range plan can come off. But um, the other big fella, BD Cosan, he actually went to the workouts last week as well. Adam Sanderson drove him, and I was really happy with him, and he just is getting better each and every week. So um, I don't think he's out of it either, to be honest. OK, so the time, the extra time could be beneficial for him then? Yeah, well, he had a long time off the scene. He was off the scene for 12 months, and... We sort of brought him up fairly slowly and then he only had those two heat runs um, and sort of being back-to-back. -back, I, I just think the little bit of time under his belt and also just the time at our new place to get used to the new track and um, with those, with that time that he had off, he had a little injury and we've been able to get him in the pool and um, I, I think he's come on in leaps and bounds so he might be the beneficiary of that extra month or so. All right, well, we'll watch with interest there next week when that final does finally take shape. Steve asked me earlier just about the carnival. We're still, you know, there's still plenty of time. Don't get me wrong. There's still plenty of time between now and July. 
but we've had the uh, the, the, the call made with uh, King of Swing that he's now been retired. Um, I'm just a little concerned, and this is just my personal opinion. You may be different. I'm keen to get your thoughts. That's why I'm going to ask the question. As it stands right now, are we just missing that 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 big name horse, that that star power for our carnival? Well, maybe the industry is just missing that big name horse now, Chris, with King of Swing gone and the fact that Lock and Bar Arts in the paddock as well. But I'm under the impression that Lock and Bar Art was given was going to be given a break purposefully set towards the Queensland Carnival. So he would be a real headline act if he could come up. And to be honest, everybody I've talked to, uh, particularly around that Sydney Carnival, there's a quiet time now, and except for those horses going across to New Zealand, everybody's giving their horses a little bit of time off and getting them all ready for the Queensland Carnival again. But outside of King of Swing, I think every horse that contested the Miracle Mile is heading to Queensland. So there's still seven pretty... Uh, high-quality, open-class cases that'll be heading that way, and then you throw in Lock and Bar Art. It just seems like everybody's coming, so I'm sure something will come out of the woodwork between now and then. Okay, just in recent times, though, Akuta, definitely no Queensland. Ladies in red, very unlikely. Catch away, very unlikely. They're horses that have a big following and a big presence, so do we sort of miss out by not getting one of those, or do you still think there's a chance that you know, we can convince connections otherwise and they could still turn up? Well, I think for those horses, it probably depends on the form that they return in and, and the fact that there's not a great deal else going on. If, if a horse like Ladies in Red is to return in super form, they might be enticed to come to Queensland if there's not a great deal else around. So... Um, I think it'll. I think it'll all come together, Chris. I think that if we wait and we're a little bit patient, hopefully uh, things turn out a-okay. Because um, the carnival, the prize money that's on offer is a massive positive, and I think that will lure plenty. Okay. All right. Uh, a best bet for the weekend. Uh, have you found something for our listeners this morning? It's been quite a week this week, to be honest, when it comes to feature mm. racing. But we've had Group 1 racing every weekend for quite some time. But uh, I guess the, the main races to look forward to this weekend, there's a free-for-all at Menangle that's quite deep. There's also a Trotters race at Melton, um, which I'm looking forward to. Chinese Whisper is a horse that's certainly got plenty of people talking. He was favourite, which somewhat surprised me over the sprint trip mobile uh, conditions, but that's the feature at Melton, and then there's also that Mayor's feature at Gloucester Park. So they're the main races. Unfortunately, that free-for-all at Alexandra Park uh, scheduled for tomorrow night was canned, so we didn't get to see that go around with the race in mind, but when it comes to that free-for-all on Saturday night at Menangle, I really like the chances of Majestic Cruiser. He was fourth last time out when it came to that Miracle Mile, and he was quite unlucky as well. And he's, I think, four from four over the Menangle 2300. But outside of that, that's a race that we certainly need to tune into because Stylish Neptus and Ultra Orlando both going around, and they'll both be heading to New Zealand. Two weeks today is the race. So that's on our doorstep, and it looks as though that will be the last time that we see those two runners publicly before they fly out to New Zealand next Sunday. Okay, but we're going to put a little circle around Majestic Cruiser. Yeah, I think I just really like how he profiles for this race. And I don't think those two horses will want to have real gut busters anyway when it comes to uh, that race only a fortnight away. So race five, number nine, Majestic Cruiser. All right, we'll take the tip. Brittany, as always, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend and we'll chat again next week. Thanks, Chris.
There's Brittany Graham joining us. So uh, you can uh, see uh, Brittany on the uh, the screen across the weekend, and she'll be providing all of the other uh, late mail for a number of tracks mm. around the country. Gloucester Park is racing tomorrow night, Steve. Matty Young is about to join yep. us. That's my Perth <laughs> voice. How are you? Good morning, boys. What's happening? Um, not a great deal. I'm just I'm back on the road and I'm driving to work. So, yeah. Okay. Have you got a calling gig this weekend? Um, yes, I do. I. Where am I this weekend? I've been to Cannington last night and Mandra on Tuesday, and I've got to do Sky for Gloucester Park tomorrow night with some late mail. Saturday, Northern. There we go. I'm at Northern on mm. Saturday. You did call and last weekend, didn't you? Heard your dulcet tones. Was that Saturday or Sunday? Sunday, uh, Bunbury got Bunbury. Uh, put, yeah, Bunbury Cup got put back to the Sunday. I wasn't calling it originally, and then I was the super sub got called up off the bench. Yeah, and Voltentin just came up a little short, so he's still not in that uh, millionaire's club over there. Oh, Chris, I had something nice and prepared for him winning that race, and I'm absolutely <laughs> devastated that he got beaten. But I have been told by Connections that he's going to the Narragin Cup on April 9th, and I'll be calling that race, so uh, I'll, I'll save it mm. for another day. I'm trying to think of the race. I happened to catch a race at Gloucester, I think it was, last weekend, where they... I think Gary Hall was involved. There was just one race where they just went ridiculous tempo up front. The two horses cut throating. Um, the... Yeah, that was race two last Friday. Uh, he's our Perseus at a dollar oh. Yes. Got, yeah, got crossed by Distinguished Taste by Emily Savelko, and Junior was not happy about it by the looks of his drive, and he was off the fence. And uh, a term that we use in the racing game is he snapped a head check and uh, lost his cool. So. Yeah, he, uh, he he wanted the front back, and it was yeah, it was an interesting race. Oh, yeah, interesting to watch. Billy Mack caused the boiler, of course, setting off that hot speed. Yeah, yep, that's right. Right. Well, the other thing that we've been talking about, star power for Queensland. Do you know if there's any Perth uh, horses over there that are keen to get to Queensland in July? I haven't heard of any horses that are. Uh, like it's not on the forefront of the minds of the conversation, at least over here, with a few horses uh, heading to the paddock. Minstrel's gone out. Um, Patrona Star, Chicago Bull, he's having uh, a break as well. So uh, there's there's a few horses there that are just sort of sitting off the sidelines. Shockwaves on the comeback trail, but he's still a while away. Uh, Labra Joe, we're hearing positive things about him, but I think those horses would be just staying home for the time being. I've told you, if you get wonderful to fly to go over, then I'll come with him. I'll, I'll go with Shane. <laughs> I don't well, think there's a race for her. <laughs> We've got the Oaks, but uh, oh, I don't know if that'll, that'll be enough to get you over here. <laughs> oh, it'll get me over there. I don't know about Shane and the horse. Okay, well, we'll keep working. I know that the Perth people have been spending plenty in recent times. Uh, just this week, uh, the Bonds have bought that uh, three-year-old street hawk. Uh, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that the Hall Stable, they've been very active. They've picked up uh, Watchlist, who's a three-year-old. They picked up an unraced two-year-old. So they're, they're buying the, the, the Perth horse, uh, the Perth people. They're buying new horses uh, for that state. But uh, it's unlikely that we'll be seeing them um, anytime soon, though. No, it's uh, just it looks like uh, the timing for a few of them is that they're going to be heading for the paddock, I think, at that stage. But you never know where... 
we've still got a little bit of time, so something could pop up. Last year, there was a lot of talk, of course, with Labrador Joe potentially going across, and then things went south with him. But uh, so we'll get closer, and there might be might be some horses mentioning a trip over east. Okay, we'll wait and see. Tell me this one uh, tomorrow. I've noticed I'm just flicking through the fields. G Hall Junior is driving for Team Bond. Uh, when was the last time that happened, or is it? just something that has happened and I haven't picked up on it in recent times. He actually drove for Team Bond Monday a week ago at uh, Pinjarra uh, when Ryan Warwick was uh, labelled as a close contact and had to isolate for seven days. Uh, he drove uh, a rangy, talented three-year-old by the name of Infinite Sign and he was successful in winning that race. And we do some interviews here on social media on uh, Mondays and uh, that same horse was in a race that Junior was driving one for his dad, who was the second favourite, and I said uh, to him, oh, you've got rare insight into the stable. Can you beat the Bond horse? He said, no. <laughs> and he went three back <laughs> the pegs and ran second. So that was great insight, and uh, the Bond horse was still $2, so it was uh, a good price. But it's very rare to see Gary Hall Junior on their horses. He has driven probably twice for them in the last few weeks, but prior to that, I can't remember him driving for them. Mm, well, it's very, uh, very different, that's for sure. He's driving Galactic Star there tomorrow night, race six, number six. That's in the open. What is your best bet tomorrow night, Matt? Uh, going with one, hopefully at a little bit of value, in race seven, number one, Acuto, the Chris Viturus. Ryan Bell takes the drive, of course, with all the uh, COVID outs at the moment. There's been a number of changes to a lot of the races. Tuesday was... 33 individual driving changes for an eight-race program. Uh, and as late as, well, after race one, I think there were some changes as well with uh, drivers being tested as they came on track and uh, a couple of uh, COVID positives as they made it on track. So it has made it an interesting program in relation to driver changes for Friday and different drivers on different horses. But this horse, Acuto, has been racing really well. Has been racing in the stands and has only ever drawn one once. Uh, but showed speed and ran second in that race in Sydney. I think the horse is going really well. This is a really suitable race, and I think it can win this event and could be each way on. So race seven, number one, Acuto is my best on the mm. card tomorrow at Gloucester Park. Matt, Tab have gone up early with the market in race five. Better get it on 310, 230, Miss um, Mooch, uh, Macho, and 280 about Savvy Bromex. So all the actions from the inside. You're going with one in there, leaning one way or the other? Yeah, well, that race is really interesting, Steve, is that uh, better get it on who... Uh, was crossed by Miss Macho a couple of starts ago uh, and Miss Macho over the middle distance actually fired up and hit the wheels so this is 2500 metres uh, better get it on now gets barrier one with Gary Hall Jr on and the hood goes on so there's not many better drivers off the gate than Jr I know we just spoke about him getting crossed last week on a $1.09 favourite but this time I think uh, he'll be coming out really hard with better get it on Miss Macho it's a it's a dangerous game to play if they want to rush her off the gate. Does she fire up and over the 2,500 become a big issue? And the horse that will be just smoking the pipe will be Savvy Bromack, who I think will just jump straight onto their backs. And I think she looks the one to beat. Her runs in the Pinjarra and Bunbury Cup and Golden Girls Mile have all been very good. This is a good race for her, and I think she's going to lob close enough. So I think the $2.80 about her is a pretty good price. Excellent. All right. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be tuned in tomorrow night. You'll be providing that late mail from the track, so we'll take that on board, and uh, we'll chat again next week. Cheers, boys. Thank you.
There's Matty Young joining us each and every Thursday. He's a great man, Matty Young, and uh, he'll uh, he'll have all the good oil for that meeting tomorrow night. Ten races there at GP. Steve, just before I go this morning, I'm expecting some news to come out in the next couple of days regarding Queensland and uh, just just with the breeding sort of uh, scene. Uh, I think there's going to be a bit of news forthcoming, uh, whether it's uh, this weekend or there might even be another announcement uh, in the next week or two. But uh, expect a bit of news to come regarding the Queensland breeding scene and, and, and what flows on with that. So we'll, we'll just keep an eye out. We've got the ear to the ground, but uh, I am expecting some announcements to be forthcoming in the next couple of days. Mm. Chris, you talk about the carnival. Um, it might be like the gallops. Often horses turn up at the Queensland Winter Carnival unheralded, but they ended up being superstars later on. So... We'll just wait and see. Like, leap to fame, who knows how good he could ultimately turn out to be. Well, well, this is the thing, Steve. Leap to fame is right here on our doorstep, and he still hasn't got an invite to the Rising Sun, and he's a last-start Group 1 winner. I, I find that a little bewildering in many ways because this guy, and you don't want to put too much pressure on. We've been down that path before, but he looks so good. So, you know, we could have the biggest star, Already here, if you know what I mean. So, so he's I'll back in a few weeks' to... time in the APG, isn't he? Leap to fame. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised, Steve, if he goes straight into that series fresh up. He, he might need, need a trial. So it'll be interesting to see w- which way they go. But don't be shocked or alarmed if he doesn't trial. Yeah, I don't think he, he is, Chris. Out. I actually sent Grant a message. He said, will he, will he trial soon? He said no. Yeah, well, there you go. So, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he could be the biggest star for our carnival, and he's right here already. So, But, um, you know, it's always nice to get the horses. You know what it's like. You, you mm. sort of hope to see all these good horses come from near and far, and, uh, you know, there, there, there's every chance that we are going to have Mark Purden and Emily Rasmus, and here they might be bringing horses like Self Assured, who could be a, a big name in his own right. Don't get me wrong. Like, when he's on song, he, he is probably, you know, definitely in that conversation as the best horse in the Southern Hemisphere, and if they're keen to bring Bollinger, who ran second behind Akuta, well, he could easily develop into that, you know, big star in time to come. Who knows? Uh, so it'll be very interesting. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of water mm. to go. On the so with Spirit of St. Louis or Spirit of St. Louis, what races would he run in? How many races a horse like him, Chris, would he uh, have? I reckon, I reckon the two main races for him are going to be the Sunshine Sprint and the Blacks of Fate. They're both Group 1 races. They're both, uh, well, one's a Grand Circuit event. They're both worth huge prize money. And they're two races that did get significant increases as far as prize money is concerned earlier this year. So they would be, without doubt, the two big targets for him. That's in June? In July. July. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that, Chris. Easy, Steve. We'll talk tomorrow and we'll be live at Albion Park tomorrow.